Welcome to another episode of the Fifth Quarter Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. This is a year in year in review. Uh, we're we're a couple days from from Christmas, um, and uh, so much has happened this year. And, and Jeff, I, I think that if you would have told me last year at this time, hey Layson, by the end of 2022, we are going to have not only a, a list of incredible guests that we've interviewed for the year, but our guest list for 2023 is looking to be amazing. Oh, and let me add to this. Both of our college football teams in November have a chance to make the college playoffs. I would have asked you how much vodka have you drank at this point because I wouldn't have believed it, but it, it is true. It is. Let's, let's jump into football. Yours, I think... Mine, we had fingers crossed hope, and we absolutely, we blew it. We would have been in the playoffs. The Vols had it until we uh, met Coach Beamer in South Carolina. But LSU, you and I joked that, okay, they'll give Kelly one year pass, and then your boosters will be calling for it. But they had, and again, it's hard when you play in the SEC, but the chips fell perfectly for LSU, and it looks like you never know with transfer portal and all of those things that on paper, which is dangerous, LSU is is positioning themselves to become back in the elite. Well, I, I hope so. I, I think that I was very reserved on this season. I'm thinking, hey, if we win seven games, six or seven games, for me, I'm going to be happy because, again, I understand – the challenges of a first-year coach having to take over a program. Not knowing how bad the situation was, you know, hearing stories about how, you know, what Chip Kelly was walking into. Never would I have dreamed winning the SEC West. And, you know, again, being on the verge of getting, you know, into the college, you know, playoffs, um, you know, but running into a, a, a very motivated Texas A&M team, you know, at the end of the year. But, uh, but no, just, you know, really – Looking forward to the future in, in terms of where we where we go from this point. You know, today was signing day. You know, it looks like depending on who, I guess, the experts, you know, we could be a top five recruiting class. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's going to be exciting the next couple of years. And, you know, of course, you just you, you, you hope for no injuries. You know, nothing major happens to, you know, any of your your star players. But uh I think it's going to be some exciting times in Baton Rouge. And of course, you know, who's to say what happens now with the NIL money? I'm just, again, you know, I've joked that, you know, if I ever won the lottery, won the first checks, the first check I would write is to the Tiger Athletic Foundation so I could be a true insider. Cause I'd love to know what some of these deals are, you know, being, you know, put on the table right now for some of these players. What they're really worth behind it. Uh, the good news is it could be a top five, top 10 class for both the Vols and the Tigers. The bad news is number one is probably going to be Alabama. Number two is going to be Georgia. The rest of the SEC is right there. So, of course, there is the period of adjustment, you know, probably the elite or the gray shirts that will be enrolling in a couple weeks. But to me, this football season, there was nothing better then the third Saturday in October, the goalposts are in the river of beating Alabama 
with the last second field goal. It was, it was just tremendous. And that night the Yankees lost, but it, that to me was the Tennessee highlight. Uh, Heupel's done a great job making them relevant in a really short time. Now the challenge is, can you continue? Because the Georgia Bulldogs have done it. They've continued. Obviously, Saban and Alabama continue. You know, what happens to the LSUs, the Texas A&Ms, the Gators, you know, who were just awful, you know, and then the bowl, they didn't even have a quarterback. You know, how long will the Gators be down? And it's uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, Lane comes back to Ole Miss, used it for leverage, and uh, it's just going to be a battle week in, week out. Oh, and, and not to mention Hugh Freeze coming to Auburn which is going to, you know, has already kind of created an instant war, you know, within Alabama. But then, hey, you still have Texas and and, um, and, and Oklahoma looming, you know, pretty soon coming into the SEC. How much is, of that is going to change the landscape for, for what we know? Right. Texas A&M's advantage has been we're the only SEC school. And now with Young Manning going to Texas, before uh, – little while ago, I guess there are rumors. I don't know. They said there is a rumor of a quarterback flipping and not signing where they were supposed to. So, of course, the rumors are manning. Where would he end up? I don't know if the letter's in, but uh, interesting times. No, it's always interesting when it comes to, uh, comes to college football. Let me go back to Tennessee because I want to ask you a question. Was Hooker robbed of an opportunity to be in New York for the Heisman? I think so. I think forgetting who I cheer for, I thought he should have been to New York. And I don't know if it's always going to be a set number goes to New York City, but his season was off the charts incredible. Of course, Tennessee Vol fans have a conspiracy theory that uh, they get screwed uh, when it comes to the Heisman, but I thought not only statistically, but he led a team, they were winning. He checked all the boxes. He was a great character guy, they say. So I thought, yes, he should have made it to New York. And, you know, my question to you, is the Heisman changed where it's now a PR machine and you have to come from one of those final teams where it used to be, truly who was the most impactful slash best player. Now, is it a PR award for the best player on the best team at the end? It seems like it. I mean, I, I hate to say it. 2019 would be the perfect example with Burrow, you know, and then, you know, you look at the last couple of years with, with um, you know, the two, two from Alabama, it, it would almost seem like that's the case. I don't think you'll ever see again. And I can't even remember the last time, you know, a Heisman trophy winner came from a school that, you know, maybe wasn't did not, did not finish in the national championship or finished. She maybe in the top, I guess, maybe five top, right. you know, top four or five. So, yeah, I, I think it has become that. I think it's become just a, a, a hype, you know, hype machine for um, for either Nissan or for ESPN, depending on, you know, who, who you know, who's really pulling the strings there. Yeah, I don't I know think really if it's a New York athletic club. Let's just, let me just let me just put that out there. Yeah, I think college football has changed. It's the NIL, the portal. We've talked about that. So many guys opt out of the bowl because 
their agents are paying them money to say, don't play, sit out the bowl, let us work with you on skills and, and all of those things. But now, how about this? Ohio State, starting receiver, they're in the final four, team goal, win the national championship, has opted out of playing with his brothers and a chance to win it all. That's where college football has just changed. You know, I, I saw that. I hadn't had a chance to really, you know, read the story, but it it does. And, you know, with, you know, I'm, I know there's some players from LSU who have opted out to go pro, and I'm sure there's some players from Tennessee who have opted, who are going to opt out for the bowl season. But, yeah, you have a chance to win a national championship and maybe, you know, I don't know, help your stock in, in, in who knows. But it, it just seems different. But uh, maybe I was just looking at clickbait earlier, but I thought I saw something come up that said that, you know, if uh, things don't get better at Ohio State, Urban Meyer is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes or no? Does Urban coach again? Yes. I say yes. I think, I, I think he'll be back. I think there's too much money. There's too much boosters involved that Urban will be back. And, and I don't think he has to take a step at a mid-major, mid-major plus. I think he's coming back to a half. I think he will be back. Look, if Bobby Petrino can get another job, you know, somebody's going to take a chance on Urban Meyer as a coach. Let's just let's just be honest. I mean, you know, I know, he, you know, fortunately he didn't have to go to the Saban School of Rehabilitation, but um, but yeah, somebody's going to. Somebody's going to give him a shot. Uh, this will be a great, great conversation for Matt Brown again. You know, when we get a chance to talk to him, maybe, you know, sometime in the spring, kind of analyze the, you know, the, the college football scene and, and going into the storylines for the spring and, you know, going into the fall. But uh, yeah, because there will be movement because there's some expected coaching moves that we don't know about. We're going to wait till the bowl ends and, firings and hirings there's going to be last minute movement and uh it will be interesting to be urban meyer's agent fielding calls no doubt no doubt let's um let's real quickly let's touch on college basketball you know you'd asked me before the the recording started um who would who would be my pick right now to win the national championship and i told you i have no clue just because the, there's just been so much up and down in the you know in the rankings lately and in performances i just i don't have a clear-cut favorite right now it's going to be really interesting i like texas when i saw them obviously now if if chris beard ever coaches them again i liked what they did i think houston i think kelvin sampson's gonna have a say in this thing again can he knock through or will he just be a final four um, but it's been peaks and valleys. There's been surprises. You know, a UConn program seems like it's back. Then you got some staples. Uh, Gonzaga's had some rough spots, but they seem to be playing well. Alabama's up. Uh, I really like Arizona again. I didn't think they would be in the argument. And then uh, we've got Virginia, who just seems never to miss a beat. You know, that they're always there. I'll tell you who shocked me is when you look at the top 25 right now, you, you, you know, you kind of see the, you know, the normal teams, but Mississippi state coming in at 15 right now, uh, that kind of, uh, that kind of shocked me. 
And it's interesting. Everyone takes different approaches to scheduling and different things. And I don't know theirs off the top of my head. But again, you know, it's what you do in conference. Can you stay healthy? Tournaments, you got to have great guard play. I think experience is going to matter. It's going to be, again, March Madness in Orlando. We're hosting the first couple rounds, so we'll have eight teams in here. And after the weekend, there'll be two teams moving to the Sweet 16. And yours truly is the chair of the host committee. What will be interesting is really diving in and learning about some of these teams because you know some coaches could get fired if they don't win their bracket. Some coaches are looking for the next job. Some assistants are looking to make the jump. So it's going to be really interesting from not being involved from a coaching perspective to seeing how teams are managed inside that little bubble for 48 hours and trying to get some wins and keep their guys focused. And, you know, Orlando will probably have – Um, It looks like our state's down, so the next closest regional would be Greensboro. So we would hope to get a blue blood, um, you know, or you'll probably get a first-time team that maybe travels really well. And I would suggest, you know, the Kentucky Wildcats because we'll sell out uh, the arena. But right now, Coach Cal's taking a little heat, Layson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was looking looking around today and, you know, a couple of – you know, saw a clip on YouTube, you know, kind of suggest that maybe this is kind of the end for, for Coach Cal. I mean, it's seven and three right now. I, I mean, come, you know, let's be honest. The expectations are always high, you know, when it comes to the fans in, in, in Lexington. And so, you know, is it, you know, is it really fair? Who's to say? But, uh, you know, just it kind of makes you wonder, you know, is this maybe, you know, with the recent resignation of coaches that we saw, you know, with, you know, within the last two years, you know, is Cal maybe thinking in the back of his mind, Hey, I don't really need to, I don't need to really put up with this, you know, anymore. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. And I know when you're the Kentucky basketball coach, Alabama football coach, that's part of what you sign on for that. Everybody's an expert and everyone knows what you should have done. But eventually these days, I think, Money obviously isn't an ob- a play any type of role, but eventually you just say, you know what, I want to be happier. I'm tired of all the the critics and the boosters, and you know the ads are all tied into either football and or men's basketball. So I think it's too early to judge him now. I think. Let's see how he ends up. And, you know, the team's going to hit a streak where they're really, really good. And, you know, they've lost some games. And But I think that's parity right now. I think the game has evolved that, especially in power conferences, I don't think people are running the table. Here's my question for you. There's a difference between a lot of these coaches that have stepped down. So you've got Jay Wright just stepped down doing television a little bit once in a while. You've got Coach K that we haven't really heard or seen from. But every time I turn on North Carolina, Roy Williams is at the game. Do you 
think Roy, I know he and Hubert are really, really close, but I find it strange that Roy, they were in the garden or wherever they were, that Roy's at most every game and is still on the TV screen, cheering, of course. Do you think Coach K will will or would do that? I don't think Coach K would. I, I, and, and, you know, it, I would. it just seems to me that Coach K is the type that he's turned it over. I mean, he's literally pushed it into John Shire's lap and said, it's yours now. I'm not. Yeah, I may share an office in the building, but. You know, we can talk occasionally, but I'm completely out of the loop on this one. I think he's intentional in not going to games and things like that. They may have coffee every morning, lunch once a week, talk and watch film. Uh, It's just hard. If Roy's in the building, the camera finds him. And, you know, obviously he loves basketball. He loves Carolina, loves Hubert. But I think it is hard when he's at all of the games. So let me ask you this question. I, and and I'm, I'm just trying to think, has anyone been fired yet in college basketball? I, I mean, we know of one coach that is pretty much on the verge of, of being fired, which would that know, be oh, Chris Beard. That would be one Chris Beard based on his recent uh, uh, cops appearance on uh, cops. But, um, but no one else has been fired to my, to my knowledge. I'm, I'm just trying to, I was just looking through seeing if anybody, is there anyone that comes to, to your top of mind that you think is, is truly on the hot seat? While I think, of again, I think money, the pot of money is running out because everyone needs facilities, football and men's basketball. They're probably paying a former coach or many in football or men's basketball. Now a lot of this money is drying up because it's going to NIL deals. Can you keep firing coaches and hiring new ones and staffs and all of those things. I just think the money's going to run out soon. Um, You know, who would be the first to get fired? I don't know. That's, that's really tough. I think uh, Bobby Hurley, but he's off to a good start. He lost to Texas Southern. And then uh, I think he's, he's run the rest, uh, he's 11 and 1. He's top 25. He was on a bubble early. I think the hot seat uh, got turned up. He lose to Texas Southern in a money game. Uh, that would have been one early. I don't know. I think, again, everyone right now is having expectations. Um, some are going to fall short, someone's going to get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was just looking at the uh, CBS. Um... CBS had published, you know, five coaches, uh, and this was in October, October 27th, but, you know, five coaches that are on the hot seat, and two of them are um, are in the ACC, being uh, Brad Brownell at Clemson and, and Keats at uh, NC State. I could certainly see the situation with Keats, you know, locally here, that kind of being one just because of the success of, of, of Carolina and Duke, you know, with new coaches. And Keats going into his sixth year with, I think, one one NCAA appearance. Something That's tells tough. me that that could be, you know, that could be the the, the first shot or at some point. But uh, and it's and it's interesting when Wake Forest all of a sudden hires a new coach and they're having success. So that doesn't help. Brad 
He's been on that hot seat probably every year, I think, for the past five, ten, whatever. Um, but it's hard when someone comes into the conference, had a hard job. Wake was labeled a tough job, and he's having success. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt that plays into the that plays into the minds of uh, you know of the alumni and the ads making decisions. And you know, maybe another conversation to have is uh, for us to come back at a certain point and talk about you know, first year coaches or coaches taking over. I mean, you know, I just mentioned earlier with Mississippi State, you know, Chris Jans, you know, did a hell of a job at New Mexico State. And, and so I think it's natural for him to come into a Mississippi State and kind of be able to hit the ground running. But really interesting to see, you know, how does Matt McKillop do at Davidson, you know, replacing his father, you know, of all people, you know, a legendary coach in that aspect. And, you know, I'm sure there's others we could talk about, you know, in terms of, you know, first year on the job, how's it going? Or the coaches that are recycled that outrun the law. You know, Shaka gets out of Texas and gets a great job at Marquette, you know, before they got him. There's a lot of people now, uh, you know, Mike White gets out of Gainesville and goes to Georgia that he's just going to outrun the law. And a lot of people are doing that before they fire me. I'm going to go get another good job, get another four or five years, see if I can get that rolling, get a second contract and keep going. No doubt. No doubt. Let's get into the podcast because, you know, when you look at the list of guests that we have had this year on the podcast, it, we first started with a home run with a UConn legend, you know, and it just, it really, it got better and better as we went. So just, you know, your thoughts on this year in terms of the, the, you know, the, the, the topics, some maybe some some guests that really stood out to you. What are, what are just your thoughts? You and I talk often that this podcast is a stock to buy. That we're doing things we didn't think we would be able to do, and if possible, it would be years down the road. Um, you know, I loved when you and I talked about, and we made a pivot to expand not just from coaching, but into more leadership and bringing in military and supporting veteran-owned businesses. And that had led to some incredible guests for us. And I mean, you and I are the only ones who know what the year 23 is going to bring, but we're at A-plus guests. But, you know, Jen Rosati, of course, uh, you know, UConn legend uh, was great. and uh, But I still love some of the old stories with say a Jack Fertig and where you and I could stay on all night, that he was a jukebox of stories that we just love learning that hopefully younger coaches really can learn about legends in the game. Uh, so he was one that really stuck out to me. And here's what is amazing about Jack Fertig. The man is so passionate that He's doing this recording, and he just had, what, another back surgery? I forgot how many back surgeries he said he's had. He's recovering from this back surgery, and he's talking to us. And in never, bed. He was holding the device, yes. laying in bed in pain, and he just kept telling us stories all night. And that's That probably led to why it was just such an epic podcast episode for us. And uh, the, the military 
I love it when we had Harrison on and learning about soldiers to sidelines. There's so many great stories about our military and how we can really say thank you, show appreciation. I think you and I are doing that in our own small way. But uh, that was a great episode for me. Yeah, it's uh, that was an ex- that was a an exciting one to be able to to feature these these veteran um, organizations and, and like you said, we've got some veteran owned businesses, you know, that will be coming up here in in twenty twenty three that we're featuring. You know, always, you know, Matt Brown is just the best uh, in terms of his writing and just the the things that he talks about. Um, he's definitely the, our insider when it comes to college football. And then, you know, we had some, some second time guests, we had Brett Gould, you know, and Brett just, you know, again, he's just, he was, he's such an amazing person in terms of just his commitment to, you know, becoming the best version of himself, drawing that out of his players. And, you know, Brett was like, Hey, I want to come on because I've got some, I've got some thoughts from the summer of, of watching AAU. And I, I just really, really want to talk about it. And so, you know, for him to reach out and to request that, you know, we have another conversation, I think just, you know, kind of confirms that you know, maybe we're heading in the right direction. Obviously, Brett is a successful parent soccer coach, but it's his heart that shines through. And when he was telling stories about the travel ball circuit, you and I were both smiling because we have walked that walk, if you will. Um, but just, yeah, he's... He's just such a quality person uh, that I, I love having and listening to him, really. So we kind of teased 2023. And again, we're not going to let the, we're, we're definitely not going to let the, uh, the secrets out. But man, these guests that we have coming on is, I think it's just a game, it's a game changer. I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to, to, to release the ones that we have. But then the ones that we're in the process of scheduling right now, again, if you would have told me this a year ago, I would have I would have said, no way. There's no way we're getting this person on the podcast. But it's happening. And it's great. You and I are like little kids when we call and text each other about who we're getting. And to me, the part our listeners don't always see is the pre and usually the post recording. And, and our guests have become friends that it's not that it's transactional. They come on to promote a product or a book. They do it because they want to help, help us, help our listeners, help other people. And uh, we've developed some really great friendships. We're going to have to take a couple tours and take this show on the road and uh, have a few drinks, a few meals with our new friends. But that's what's exciting to me, and I, and I say this a lot. People ask what we get out of it, and yes, we want some sponsors, and we see the benefit because our listeners have gone through the roof, but we, we do it because we love to help people, and, uh, and that's what some of our guests have done with us. I know there's probably been some questions maybe in listeners' minds why the shift, you know, why have we moved? We haven't necessarily moved completely away from basketball, but we, you know, we've, again, we've, we're moving into leadership. We're, we're bringing in, you know, more, you know, military and business. And I think the big, the big part was that number one, I think there's something we can learn from, from everyone in, in every field. And, and secondly, I think the military, you know, 
is unique in that the levels of training and leadership that it requires there again, and, and, you know, you may be pro-military, you may not be pro-military that, you know, we, we live in a country where your views are, are respected because of the people in those uniforms that, you know, allow you to have that, that right and that freedom. But I think you and I both, you know, having, you know, family members who have served, I've, you know, I served at one point for a brief time. It's just that, how can we continue to say thank you and, and to honor, you know, these veterans who have left the uniform behind, but the principles and values still stay within them. And now they're launching businesses. They're contributing, you know, they're, they're contributing to society and to our country in, 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 in different ways. There's a direct correlation between business, being successful in business and in life between coaching and military, that they're probably the two most studied area. And, and I think we're bringing them together. We're learning from coaches, from military leaders, and uh, it just opens your mind to new ways of thinking or that reinforce what you believe is the correct approach. And um, yeah, it is a nice way to say thank you. And, uh, and we do a great job of connecting people and resources that we have because people have done that to us. You know, some of our guests have opened the door for the next guest and paying it forward. And uh, yeah, I'm excited beyond belief to see where this thing goes. And uh, it's just fun being on the ride with you and sharing these stories. Uh, I'm excited. Well, we'll, we'll, at least, we'll at least give this hint. We have some Navy SEALs. We have some Army Green Berets, some, some special forces. At first, I was like, man, we need to get somebody from the Marine Corps. And sure enough, within the last couple of days, we've been able to secure that one. And, you know, again, it's like each guest, you know, opens a new door for us to reach to someone else. Now we, we have an opportunity to interview some authors that, you know, I've read their books, you know, I'm, I, I, we've, I've read their books and now they're coming on this show to talk to you and I, and, and that's just amazing. I'm like, the only way I would have ever been able to do that is maybe to meet them at a book signing or something, but now they're going to be, you know, they're going to be talking to us and we get a chance to, you know, pick their brain and, and hopefully not ask the same question, you know, but maybe ask a new question or maybe, you know, challenge them, you know, or get them to, to share something maybe they haven't shared before. So I think that's the challenge for both of us in terms of how can we continue to get better and, and do a job where we're bringing value through this medium. And asking new questions, you know, and our guests, you know, fingers crossed, March Madness, we have a potential guest that is very, very high up the food chain in March Madness and planning the single greatest tournament every year that is going to give us some inside views and we can ask. And I think our challenge is asking better questions, more thought provoking questions and asking sometimes the difficult ones and you know, the why, but uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. We're learning a lot. We're making friends. I think not only are we helping our listeners, we're connecting people. We've become a resource to so many and, that's the biggest benefit in my eyes. Okay, so for Christmas, we always ask this question of our guest. 
and and I see something already in the glass, but what will be on the grill at the Osterman house? Interesting, because we're doing it a little different because we're going to travel right after Christmas, but we are a little more Italian roots for Christmas. We'll do all the Italian meats and cheeses, lasagna, a lot of chicken, either chicken parm, chicken cutlets. Uh, there's a whole lot of bakery uh, in our kitchen right now. If it's cookies and cakes and everything, and uh, I'm equal opportunity. They will not just be vodka. I am enjoying some cordials, some peppermint rum chata. My friend uh, turned me on to uh, named Lason Perkins, and uh, it's just going to be fun. I think that for us, it's become. NBA Saturday, uh, sorry, NBA Christmas Day, where you can watch games just all day long. So uh, it will be a lot of fun. Family, I'll travel after and, and spend more time with family. How about up there in North Carolina? It's going to be a little chilly, I believe. It, it is going to be a little chilly. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we decided to outsource the brisket and the turkey for our uh, Christmas Eve party because I did not want to be standing outside in five degree weather but uh is rodney can... scott doing it who do we got no actually Wait. we have a we have a an outfit here called damp d-a-m-p-f barbecue uh, they do texas style barbecue brisket turkey and it it is truly the best texas barbecue that i've had outside of texas do you want to call out rodney scott right now maybe we get him on the show and hey, you know I, I i would love to have rodney scott on there's a list of some barbecue some people that you and i've talked about we, i'd love to get on the show here but these these guys are amazing they're they just started up with a pop-up with a you know with a a, a tent and a rig and uh, now they're, they're expanding and it's just been really exciting to see their growth but uh yes we've we've outsourced um the, uh, the the turkey and the brisket to them. Uh, but, um, you know, I did stock up on the rum chata. I actually cleaned out a, a store here locally the other night when I bought all their bottles. You're, but, banned. Um, You're banned from that store. I, they I'm banned say. from that store. Uh, <laughs> but uh, did pick up a, a bottle of bourbon based on a recommendation from one of our guests. And so uh, actually two, uh, uh, two bottles of bourbon based on recommendations of uh of guests so uh was it horse soldier what was it, it was horse soldier and um high noon yeah very nice very nice we'll have to have we'll have to have you back and give us a wrap-up and comparing them absolutely absolutely so moving forward i would say again just uh jeff thank you uh for just you know an amazing year of uh of first of all as a friend you know, it's truly being my friend and, and sharing this journey. It's just, uh, it is, it's truly becoming bigger than I expected and an amazing, uh, it was an amazing year. I, I can't wait to see, like I said, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen at this point by next year at this time, you know, the guests and, and the people that we've had a chance to, to build relationships with. And, uh, yeah, there, you know, obviously there's a road trip that we've got to take at some point. You know, I think Austin, Texas right now is kind of the number one target for us in terms of just some some cultural and, and some people we want to, to hang out with there. But uh, yeah, I just we you know, are we, accepting we, applications for a designated driver on <laughs> that trip. And uh, you don't have to be too qualified, but we will need a driver. And uh, 
it's going to be fun. And I was lucky, and I, I said this, that I was recently on, here's the self-plug, for uh, Mike Sorelli's Everyday Warrior podcast that I followed Odell Beckham Jr. We're still trying to figure out why. But we talked about you, that we're doing something with my best friend, and we're having fun with it, and we're making a difference. And uh, it's been great. 23 I'm super excited to see where it goes. How really, amazing really. Was, that, was that podcast? And, 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 kind of, and share share with everybody who Mike Cirilli is. Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. Um, Mike Cirilli, Navy SEAL, he the biggest and best person, heart of gold that pays it forward to helping all of his military brothers He's currently doing a triple seven jump, which is seven skydives, seven continents, seven days to raise money and awareness for uh, families to ensure their children's education. And uh, I was lucky enough. I had a quote that he had come across on Twitter and it's in his book that uh, I was privileged and, you know, it's just connecting dots. And when he asked me to come on, of course. So it was really great. I mean, when you look at the list of, you know, Odell and Drew Brees and Terry Bradshaw and uh, Bickerstaff and all these people. Uh, so it's quite humbling. Uh, we laugh at it. It might be his lowest episode. Uh, I'm going to keep listening to it. I'm going to make you listen to it so the numbers aren't embarrassing. But uh, Mike's become really a friend and we're going to, he's promised to come on and it's just, amazing at what he does for other people which is really really special and i think that inspires you you and i to to continue to do what we do is through people like that and all of our guests so um our listeners thank you thank you for for being a part of this journey with us please if uh any guest suggestions any ideas for us uh, we're we're always open for uh for your your thoughts and and ideas that will help us do this, you know, deliver a, a quality project and quality um, presentation to everyone here. So happy holidays to everyone. Happy New Year. Um, I know we'll be releasing some a couple more episodes here and then 2023 will be here before we know it. And uh, really looking forward to the, the next chapter in uh, the fifth quarter, Conversations Beyond the X's and O's.